Hi, this is Ashley, the host of Taboo and Murder. I've been looking for a podcast on Samuel Little for about a week now, and I haven't found one. So I said, fuck it. I'll give it a shot. In the spirit of Georgia Hardstark, I'm doing a thing. Information is trickling out, so please forgive me if you listen to this after new developments are made. I'm recording this on Friday, November 30th. Oh, and usually serial killers go by their three names so that the Samuel Littles of the world are all like, fuck. Um, but this Samuel Little doesn't appear to have a, la- a middle name. So um, from what I can tell, he's just Samuel Little. So, oh, <laughs> funny little side note. Um, some younger Brett Kavanaugh um, on tw- like made some joke like, I'm having a real hard time getting a date on Tinder. Um, haha, funny to be named Brett Kavanaugh today. Sorry. Anyway, I digress. That happens a lot. So on to the monster that is Samuel Little. He was born on June 7th, 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia, possibly during one of his mother's prison stints. So we're obviously off to a good start. Little has claimed his mother was a lady of the night, so a sex worker. Soon after his birth, his family moved to Ohio. He grew up in Lorraine and was brought up mainly by his grandmother. He attended Hawthorne Junior High School, where he had problems with discipline and achievement. In 1956, while still a high school student, Little was arrested for the first time and convicted for breaking and entering into property in Omaha, Nebraska. He was held in an institution for juvenile offenders. In the late 1960s, Little moved to Florida, where he lived with his mother. He worked as an ambulance attendant and then a cemetery worker. Having a strong physique, Little took up boxing during prison time and considered himself a prize fighter at one point. Little did not continue with his education after high school, spending most of his free time on the streets, engaging in petty theft, and occasionally occasionally working part-time as a day laborer. Little was arrested in 1961 and sentenced to three years in prison for breaking into a furniture store in Lorraine. He was released in 1964. He left Ohio and shuttled between different states for the following few years and made a living through robbery and theft. Made a living. (laughs) Sustained life through robbery and theft. By 1975, Little had been arrested 26 times in 11 states for crimes including theft, assault, attempted rape, fraud, and attacks on government officials. Little spent much of his time with sex workers and pimps. In 1982, he was arrested in Pascagoula. That's, oh my God, Pascagoula. Oh God, I'm getting worse each time I try to sound it out. Pascagoula, Mississippi. I'm sure that's wrong. Um, He was then charged with the murder of 22-year-old sex worker Melinda LaPree. She had gone missing in September of that year. A grand jury declined to indict Little for the murder of LaPree, but while under investigation, Little was transferred to Florida to be brought to trial for the murder of 26-year-old Patricia, Patricia Patricia Mount, whose body was found in the fall of 1982. Two murders. Prosecution witnesses identified Little in court as a person who had spent time with Mount on the night before her disappearance. Due to mistrust of witness testimonies, Little was acquitted in January 1984 of Mount's murder. 
Little then moved to California, two murders under his belt, where he stayed in the vicinity of San Diego, a whale's vagina. In October 1984, Little was arrested for attacking and beating two sex workers and was sentenced to 2.5 years in prison. He was released in February 1987 and soon moved to Los Angeles, where he committed several murders. Little was arrested on September 5, 2012 at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky, after authorities used DNA testing to establish that he was involved in the murder of Carol Elford, killed on July 13, 1987, Audrey Nelson, killed on August 14, 1989, and Guadalupe Adobacha, killed on September 3, 1987. All three women were killed and later found on the streets of Los Angeles. Little was extricated, uh, extradited to Los Angeles, where he was charged on January 7, 2013. A few months later, the police said that Little was being investigated for involvement in dozens of murders committed in the uh, 1980s specifically, which until then had been undisclosed. So 2013, uh, these um, additional investigations are finally disclosed. In connection with the new circumstances in the state of Mississippi, the case of the murder of LaPierre was reopened, in which Little was acquitted in 1984. In total, Little was tested for involvement in 60 murders of women committed in the territory of many U.S. states. The trial of Samuel Little that landed his ass in jail began in September 2014. The prosecution presented the DNA testing results as well as testimony of witnesses who were attacked by the accused at different times throughout his criminal career. On September 25, 2014, Little was found guilty and was sentenced to life imprisonment without possibility of parole. On the day of the verdict, Little continued to insist of his innocence. As of 2016, Little was serving a sentence at the California State Prison in Los Angeles County. He'd later go on to confess to dozens of additional murders. From the BBC on November 29th, so just yesterday, an imprisoned murderer is being investigated after confessing to 90 killings across four decades in the U.S. The FBI believes Samuel Little, who is 78, may be among the most prolific serial killers in U.S. criminal history. State and federal agencies are now working to match his confessions with the deaths of dozens of women across the country from 1970 to 2005. Investigators say they have already linked him to 34 murders and are working to corroborate many others. Little is currently serving life in prison after being sentenced in 2014 for the murders of three women. He has been in custody since September 2012 when he was arrested at a Kentucky homeless shelter and transferred to California where he was wanted on drug charges. We already said that. DNA samples taken from Little were then linked to the unsolved deaths, deaths of the three women in Los Angeles County in 1987 and 1989. All three of those victims had been beaten and strangled before their bodies were dumped separately. He pleaded not, pleaded not guilty at the trial, but was eventually sentenced to three consecutive life sentences with no chance of parole. Before that, he already had an extensive criminal record, as I outlined, with offenses including rape and armed robbery and, like I said, acquitted for murders. The murder convictions led to Little being referred to the FBI's Violent Criminal Apprehension Program, VICAP for short, a scheme that works to um, analyze serial offenders of violent and sexual crimes and share information with local law enforcement agencies to cross-reference unsolved crimes. 
Officials from the program say they then uncovered an alarming pattern and compelling links to many more murders across the U.S. One unsolved cold, cold case murder in Odessa, Texas of a woman named Denise Christine Brothers was then pursued by local authorities. A local ranger, James Holland, then traveled to California with VICAP team members earlier this year to interview Little. They say Little agreed to talk to them because he was hoping to move prisons. The FBI say that Little has confessed to 90 killings in total, stretching across states um, stretching states across the breadth of the U.S. from California to Maryland. The BICAP team said in a news release earlier this week they had so far established his ties to 34 deaths, with many others apparently pending confirmation. Over the course of that interview in May, he went through city and state and gave uh, Ranger Holland the number of people he killed in each place. Jackson, Mississippi, 1. Cincinnati, Ohio, 1. Phoenix, Arizona, 3. Las Vegas, Nevada, 1. By Cap uh, crime analyst Christina Palazzolo said in the report. They believe Little particularly targeted marginalized and vulnerable women who were involved in se sex work or addicted to drugs. I'm changing prostitution to sex work, so my apologies for fumbling here. Investigators, and by the way, this article was written yesterday, so uh, BBC, get on it. It's 2018. They're not prostitutes or sex workers, okay? Okay, thank you. Um, so they believe little particularly target marginalized and vulnerable women who are involved in sex work or addicted to drugs, high risk lifestyles. Yep. Investigators say their bodies were often left unidentified and their deaths uninvestigated by authorities. Yeah, the less dead. Little's method of killing also didn't always leave obvious signs that the death was a homicide. The one-time competitive boxer usually stunned or knocked out his victims with powerful punches and then strangled them, the FBI report said. With no stab marks or bullet wounds, many of these deaths were not classif classified as homicides but attributed to drug overdoses, accidents, or natural causes. A large number are believed to have taken place in the 1970s and the early 1980s before DNA technology was available to police. Beth Silverman, the Los Angeles County prosecutor who helped convict Little in 2014, told the New York Times that a lot of agencies around the country dropped the ball on this case. He got off over and over and over again, she told the newspaper. Yep. The FBI says that 78-year-old is in poor health and is likely to now remain in prison in Texas until his death, where he was transferred from California after admitting the Odessa killing. The Bureau says it is continuing to work alongside Ranger Holland, who is said to be interviewing Little nearly daily to help build an accurate and full picture of his crimes. The biggest lesson in this case is the power of information sharing, Kevin Fitzsimmons, VICAP's supervisory crime analyst, said in the FBI report. A Jane Doe, unidentified victim, who turned up dead in an alley in New Orleans may look like an isolated incident, but when entered into the VICAP database and examined with other mysterious deaths or persons missing, patterns emerge. That is the value of VICAP. So I've been searching for a podcast about this terrible human being and his victims. I've come across nothing. I believe the less dead factor um, at, is at play here. I, I did pull um, 
some possible victims from the FBI website. I've also linked the interactive map. Um, it's FBI.gov, nothing fancy, but it's specific to um, Samuel Little, and it shows kind of the the map of um, his uh, travels and then also confirmed murders attributed to him and then others that have not been attributed to him in a in official capacity. So um, FBI website, find it on Twitter. All of these are attributed to Samuel Little, but have not been positively linked. Thus far, 34 have been confirmed, like I said, which is staggering. I plan to do an entire episode regarding high-risk lifestyles because I think that that is why this was able, he was able to go undetected for so long, even with the, um, you know, murder indictments. They were less dead. There just wasn't the impetus to seek charges and actually, you know, bring justice because there wasn't somebody at advocating for those people, in my opinion. So um, that said, I plan to do an entire episode regarding high-risk lifestyles, um, which allows law enforcement to consider these missing people less dead. But, you know, for now, I will simply break down um, the little information that the FBI has put out on the um, still unmatched confessions in the hopes that somebody knows something. So I'll be brief, but I also want to, I don't want to gloss over anything because these are real victims, real people that have been killed and in some, in a lot of cases, not even identified, which is tragic. So um, bear with me here. Phoenix, Arizona um, is where we're going to start. Unmatched confession. Hispanic female in her 40s killed in 1988 or 1996. Victim probably from Phoenix. Unmatched confession. White female killed in 1997. Victim possibly called Anne Little, uh, North Little Rock, Arkansas. Unmatched confession. Black female killed in 1992 or 1993 in Pine Bluffs, Arkansas. Unmatched confession, black female killed between 1990 and 1997, West Memphis, Arkansas. Unmatched confession, black female between 28 and 29 years old, killed in 1984, victim picked up in Memphis, Tennessee, could have been from San Bernardino, California. Unmatched confession, black female between the ages of 18 and 23, killed in 1984, Los Angeles, California. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1987. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1987. Unmatched confession, black female age 19 killed in 1987. Unmatched confession, black female age 50 killed in 1987. Victim possibly called granny. Unmatched confession, black female between 22 and 23 years old killed in 1987. Unmatched confession, black female between 26 and 27 years old killed in 1987. Unmatched confession, black female between 40 and 45 years old, killed in 1990 or 1991, victim possibly called Alice. Unmatched confession, black female between 20 and 22 years old, killed in 1991 or 1992, victim possibly from San Francisco. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1992. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1992 or 1993. Unmatched confession, Hispanic female between 24 and 25 years old, killed in 1992 or 1993, victim possibly from Phoenix. Unmatched confession, black female between 23 and 25 years old, killed in 1996. 
unmatched confession, black female between 23 and 24 years old killed in 1996, victim possibly called T-Money. Unmatched confession, white female between 23 and 25 years old killed in 1996. Unmatched confession, black female age 25 killed in 1996, Homestead, Florida. Unmatched confession, white female killed in 1970 or 1971 in Miami, Florida. Unmatched confession, black female age 22 killed in 1971, victim possibly called Linda. Unmatched confession, black male age 18 killed in 1971 or 1972, victim possibly called Mary Ann or Marion. I don't know why it says black male, must be black female. Get it together, FBI. Unmatched confession, black female age 28, killed in 1971 or 1972, victim possibly worked on Homestead Air Force Base. Unmatched confession, black female between 23 and 24 years old, killed in the mid-1970s, victim possibly called Emily, victim possibly worked at the University of Miami in Kendall, Florida. Unmatched confession, white female age 45, killed in 1973, victim possibly called Sarah, Victim possibly from Massachusetts. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1993 in Fort Myers, Florida. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1984 in Tampa Bay, Florida. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1984, Plant City, Florida. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1977 or 1978. Met victim in Clearwater, Florida, killed in Savannah, Georgia. Unmatched confession, black female between 22 and 23 years old, killed in 1974. Unmatched confession, black female age 23, killed in 1984 in Atlanta, Georgia. Unmatched confession, black female between 35 and 40 years old, killed in 1981. Unmatched confession, white female age 26, killed in 1983 or 1984. Victim possibly from Griffith, Georgia. Unmatched confession, Black female between 23 and 25 years old, killed in 1984, victim possibly a college student, McCone, Georgia. Confession matched to a Jane Doe. Black female between 30 and 40 years old, killed in 1977, Dade County, Georgia. Confession matched to a Jane Doe. Black female between 25 and 30 years old, killed in 1980 or 1981. Met the victim at uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Killed Granite City, Illinois. Unmatched confession. Black female age 26. Killed between 1976 and 1979. Met victim in St. Louis, Missouri. Victim possibly called Joe. Unmatched confession. Black female killed between 1976 and 1979. Met victim in St. Louis, Missouri. Unmatched confession, white female killed in 1984, met victim in Columbus, Ohio, body disposed of somewhere in uh, northern Kentucky, city unspecified. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1973, victim possibly called Sarah, victim, victim possibly worked at a restaurant in New Orleans. Unmatched confession, white female killed in 1982 in Plaquemine, Louisiana, I'm sure I said that wrong, my apologies. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1978 or 1979 in Monroe, Louisiana. Unmatched confession, black female age 24 killed between 1987 and the early 1990s in Prince George's County, Maryland. Confession matched to a Jane Doe, white female between 20 to 25 years old, killed in 1972. 
victim possibly from Massachusetts. Unmatched confession, black male, age 16, killed in 1984, Gulfport, um, Gulfport, Mississippi, rather. Unmatched confession, black female, age 22, killed between 1980 and 1984. Unmatched uh, confession, black female, between 27 and 29 years old, killed in 1988. Unmatched confession, black female, between 23 and 24 years old, killed in 1988. Confession matched to a Jane Doe, black female, between 35 and 45 years old, killed in 1977. Met the victim in Las Vegas, possibly worked in Las Vegas. Unmatched confession, black female, age 40, killed in 1993, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Unmatched confession, white female, age 25, killed in 1974, Cleveland, Ohio. Unmatched confession, black female, killed in 1978 or 1979 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1974, Akron, Ohio. Unmatched confession, white female killed in 1991 or 1992 in Charleston, South Carolina. Unmatched confession, black female age 28 killed between 1977 and 1982, Knoxville, Tennessee. Unmatched confession, black female age 25 killed in 1975 in Wichita Falls, Texas. Unmatched confession, black female killed in 1976 or 1977, body disposed of somewhere outside Wichita Falls, city unspecified. Unmatched confession, black female between 25 and 28 years old, killed between 1976 and 1979, or in 1993. Wow. So that's from the FBI.gov website. As I said, I have a link to it. I really hope that a bigger, better, more far-reaching podcast picks up this story. It's fucking terrifying. It's Golden State Killer level terrible, but it doesn't command the same attention. And why? Victimology, of course, in my opinion. Web sleuths, genealogists, I really hope you're able to do some good and identify some of these victims. And let's keep this story in the public consciousness so that hopefully um, more of these unmatched, unnamed victims um, can be identified, their families can write an end to their story, and they can be you know, remembered for the people that they are as opposed to a question mark out there. I may do a follow-up episode if I can unearth any additional information on this monster. Also, I will link to the FBI interactive map showing the locations of the possible murders that are still unmatched that I went through. Um, please check it out on Twitter at SMTaboo. Also, I'd greatly appreciate if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend. Thanks for listening.